Welcome to episode 28 of Pirate Radio After Dark. It's February 24th, 2021. Welcome to the show. We are bringing back an old pirate session tonight, going into the archives. It's pirate session number three from August 12th, 2011. We're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, welcome to the show. It's been a couple weeks since I did an episode. I'll tell you what. Uh, doing the radio show for those 11 weeks between the end of November and beginning of February was awesome. Uh, it was a lot of fun doing a Monday night show and we got a ton of listeners out of it. So much good feedback and we got to expose a bunch of people to a lot of new music and we got to have fun. Like the holiday shows were a blast. The recap was a blast. Uh, we connected with some old friends to the show ironically. So that's been really, really cool. Um, but yeah, it felt good to be back. The students are back in session, so I'm taking some time off. Um, maybe I'll be back in the summer. Who knows? I'll keep you guys posted on social media. Speaking of, if you're not following it, you should be by now. Our Instagram's at Pirate Radio After Dark. Our Facebook is facebook.com slash Pirate Radio After Dark. And our podcast, well, you're listening to it, so you know where that is. But um, yeah, I just want to thank 91.7 FM, WMUH, Allentown, and Paul over there, our station manager, for uh, is being good to us, letting us participate with a lot of freedom over there as we are in year 17 of the radio show and year two, three of the podcast. Damn, time flies. Hope you're all staying safe and being well. I definitely miss normalcy. I definitely miss concerts. It's been a year as of last week since I saw my last physical concert, which was He Is Legend down in Philly. So that was kind of weird seeing those photos pop up. But there's been some fun online stuff since then. Every Time I Die and Cave In did a really, really rad um, thing on the Two Minutes to Late Night uh, podcast. They, they did a band camp thing back in January where they each covered uh, uh, each other's songs. They each picked a song. Uh, Cave In covered more and every time I die covered youth overrided, but it was awesome. The video production, the audio production, uh, it was just a blast. And I love both of those songs. I think they're both highly underrated songs from both bands catalogs and both bands, honestly, might've covered the originals, covered it better than the originals. I'll put it that way. And that's not taking anything away from those originals, but that was fun. Uh, every time I die did their little Tidathon, telethon extravaganza around Christmas, which was a blast seeing them play live and also doing a very kind of Tim and Eric comedy show. Uh, David Bazan did a Christmas show right around Christmas online from his house, which was awesome. Uh, in our next episode, we will be playing back our pirate session when David Bazan came on my show, which to me, and I always say it was probably the best moment of these 17 years of doing this show in various formats and, and situations. Um, I just love his music so much and getting to sit with him one-on-one -on -one was just unreal. So I'm really excited to bring that to you guys soon. Um, so yeah, there's been all that good stuff. A um, couple good records came out. If you weren't listening to the radio show uh, for January and February, uh, the new Thou Amaruth Rundle record is just insane. That's the new EP because they put out a full length last year, but the new EP came out in January. There's a song in there called Hollywood and it just blows my freaking mind. Imagine the Cranberries with a sludge band. That's all I'll say. And then also another really, really solid record, 
Terminal Bliss. They're a kind of a super group of Virginia hardcore bands featuring ex-members of Page 99, City of Caterpillar, Smoker Fire, Darkest Hour, that kind of stuff. They released a record on Relapse back in um, January. The physical actually comes out in two days. But that is awesome. It's like 10 minutes of it reminds me of when like some girls in Headwound City and those kind of bands were in their heyday and that was kind of a scene. And I haven't heard that since and I, I just love that sound. Um, but these guys brought that sound back and they they do it quite well. It's uh just batters through very quickly and it's good, noisy, crazy, spazzy record. So yeah, those are kind of the records that have been really solid. Um had some bizarre things happen in the music world. Marilyn Manson's in a lot of trouble. Like, who's surprised by that? I don't know, but that's for a whole other discussion. Uh, obviously, the the beach slang thing, as I talked about in the last episode, was rough and weird. And again, I just I still think like whatever goes on with any abuse should be gone through the proper channels. And and when I say proper channels, I know our justice system is quite flawed, but you got to at least start there. That's my, that's my one struggle with social media today, where in the court of public appeal, everyone's fucked pretty much immediately as soon as anything breaks online, you know, and again, it's not calling anyone liars or, or anything. It's just, we have the justice system, we have the mental health system, we have systems out there that have been there for a long time. And again, they're far from perfect. And I work in one of them. But we we got to as a society be going back to these channels, because the court of public appeal is just destroying, I think, our sanity as a as a culture. Um, but that's, yeah, just kind of where I'm at. I'm just, you know, if you're not getting results with the proper channels, and you want to break that to the media, that's one thing go right ahead. I mean, that's the point of the media to, you know, keep people fair and balanced in the shitty words of Fox News. Um, But I think just going right to social media, the media, before you actually go the proper channels about addressing crimes and things, it's just, it's a, it's a bad look for our society. And it's, it's taking a step backwards. It really is. I mean, let's work on improving our system's and their flaws so that we don't have to go to these resorts. But that's kind of what's been going on. Um, now that the radio show's over for a bit, I want to get more on, um, you know, doing these podcasts as well as uh, getting some guests on and going back into the archives because these sessions sound really good. Um, as I've been listening to them, I've had to edit some stuff out um, just for copyright reasons. Like in the one we're going to play today, the the band covered Montel Jordan, and I I can't put that in the podcast. So you'll will hear a mention of that, and then you just won't hear that song. So it is what it is. Um, but today I bring you Slingshot Dakota. We were truly blessed to have them on the show uh, twice. One at the very beginning, which this is our third episode of the pirate sessions and then one at the very, very end before uh, XLV kind of stopped doing live stuff and, and we eventually moved from XLV to WMUH. But this is when XLV was still on 90.3 FM, which was rad, um, and that's where I got my start to radio. But the session sounds really good, um, especially for us being in our infancy of doing these sessions. Um, 
Vince and Jared did awesome mixing this as students at the time and them being new to mixing and all that. And Slingshot Dakota is just some of my favorite people. They're one of those that I miss, you know, seeing live right now, especially without shows occurring. Tom and Carly are not only awesome musicians, but they're a beautiful couple. They're like one of my favorite married couples. And they just care deeply about the world around them, their fans, the people uh, that they love. And um, yeah, I just, I, I'm really honored that when I reached out to them initially, that they agreed to be on the show because they were um, getting a lot of attention at the time, starting to, I think, really kind of break through. And I know they were very busy and it meant a lot that they were willing to take a chance on the show, which I think kind of then allowed our show from there to kind of get some bigger artists and, and get more bands, even locally, just reaching out and saying, hey, can we do that? And I was all for it. I mean, we ended up doing 60 plus episodes, which I hope to over time, like I said, bring you on this podcast. Um, and it's quite a variety of music. But for those of you who don't know, Tom and Carly are Slingshot Dakota, two-piece, also married two-piece. Um, Tom plays drums, Carly plays keyboard and does vocals. And uh, they're just a really like positive band that's very kind of reflective on the world around them. And uh, they're, they're local here from uh, Bethlehem. Pennsylvania. Carly's originally from New York. And uh, Tom's kind of a legend in the local scene here because he's played in a ton of bands and quite a variety of them too. Uh, you know, Robot Attack, Fog Cult, um, Ultimate Warriors. He's he's done a lot of stuff in the local scene for those of you who know the scene. So it's cool to hear him in this uh, band. He's also one of my favorite drummers if you ever get to see uh, Tom play live in any of his bands, the man is just a beast on the skins. He reminds me a lot of Cody from the Murder City Devils and Big Business, who's my favorite drummer of all time. And uh, just heavy, but tight. And it's it's cool. So I'm really excited to bring this to you. Um, I listened back to it, obviously, to edit it. And I was really surprised, actually, how it's not as bad as I remember <laughs> regarding the interview. Um, I was super nervous, especially being early in doing interviews. Um, cause I had done the radio show for probably like six years before I started doing interviews. So I was very nervous about that. And it's something I learned over time and I'm pretty confident with now, but some of this stuff I think back and think it's cringeworthy. And I guess it's actually way better than I thought it was. So yeah, so I'm pleasantly surprised that it's not as bad as I remembered in my head. Um, We'll see as I go back and unveil some more of these episodes and, and have to go back and edit them and, and listen to them. But uh, yeah, this one's actually pretty good, interview-wise. The band's awesome, so I had no doubt in my mind about how that would sound again. But it's weird going back and listening to this stuff. It doesn't seem so long ago, but it's been like 10 years almost. It's crazy to think that. Um, so yeah really lucky that we got to do this stuff. Um, but yeah, without further ado, I bring you Slingshot Dakota from August of 2011. This is Tom and Carly. And uh, the cool thing is they premiered a bunch of songs on this show, on this episode, before the Dark Hearts record came out. So have fun traveling back in time and hope you're enjoying the show. Pirates 
sessions, we've had um, tile play up here. We've had Bad American. Tonight we're going to do something a little different. We have Slingshot Dakota here. Carly and Tom. And, um, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> the chips speak for themselves. <laughs> Go to town, guys. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Tom's eating a chip. Hi, everybody here. Hi, everybody listening. We are Slingshot Dakota. We are from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're an exciting two-piece, ready to excite you. Are, you. are you ready? Do you want to talk about the first song? We're going to play a song called Gossip. All these songs are new. They're coming out on our new record called Dark Hearts, which will be out as soon as we can get it out. And uh, the song I wrote while working um, as a waitress in New York City about how... Um, there's always a lot of gossip at my job, and I'm sure at many other people's jobs that is very meaningless and stupid. And um, I think it's more important to be positive and try to be a positive friend at work and positive, I guess, force wherever you are because meaningless gossip is meaningless negativity. So that's what the song is about. Ready? Ready. You done with your chip? Yeah. <laughs>
Thank you, everybody. You feel good over there? All right, this next song is called... Uh, hot Mike, Hot Mike. Hot Mike. It's called Starting Over. Uh, and uh, I think the theme of this record has been a lot of crazy stuff happening in our lives this year and um, a lot of either deaths of friends or um, just really hard things for us to deal with. And uh, this song is just about kind of dealing with it and just starting our lives over again. It's very self-explanatory.
Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, everyone who's here. Do you have, so, is it question time? Yes, it yes. is, actually. So if you just tuned in, this is the Radio Pirate. I'm joined by JJ. Um, and we are hosting Slingshot Dakota tonight, uh, live in Studio C at XLV. Sounds great. And I want to say this before I forget. Um, the first time I saw you guys was actually recently. I don't know how that happened, that I Whoa. just missed you. But um, the Tiger's Jaw show at the American Legion. Yeah. Um, I went to that, and you guys played first. Yes. That was the first song you played. Yes. And I was sold immediately. Yay. And Aww. the one thing that I think the listeners who are listening in their cars or at home right now are missing out on if, if they never saw you guys is just the fact that beyond the music, there is just a passion for each other. There's a passion for playing. It's so awesome to watch you guys just look at each other and just get totally into it and kind of lose yourselves in the music. It's really neat. So Thanks. Yeah, I mean... I feel like we're losing ourselves in our nervousness today. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got some questions for you. We'll take little breaks between the songs. Uh, JJ, uh, here's the mic. Excellent. All right. Now, to kind of go along with what the pirate said, uh, what started first, the music or the romance and Ooh. history of the band? Well, uh, the band has existed since probably, Tom, when, 2003? 2005? Um, I don't even remember. Dakota, you guys started. Yeah, we started, me and my friend started Slingshot Dakota as a, quote, career band uh, in college. We are like, this is going to be what we do. And uh, since then, it's had many incarnations. And um, uh, at one point, the drummer of Latterman was our drummer, and they were going on tour to Europe. So we had asked Tom to fill in as a temporary drummer, um, and uh, he ended up staying longer. And I think... Uh, up until we became a two-piece, we were just kind of in a band with each other, and we never really thought, you know, oh, I really like you. Like, at that point, he was, um, he had a girlfriend. He was, I think he was engaged before. And then yeah. uh, I was I was dating the famous Noah Kalina of YouTube. Uh, Noah takes his picture every day for six years of fame. And uh, so we weren't even thinking about each other in terms of romance. So I think the point which with which we fa- uh, figured out that we really liked each other was when we went on our first tour as a two-piece, which was in 2007 or 2008? No, uh, uh, Earlier? Six. 2006. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, we had both uh, recently ended our relationships and I guess had the time to realize that we really liked each other. So Awesome. That is how it happened. Awesome. So, Tom, this question's for you, actually. Um, for those who don't know out there, you played in Robot Attack and the Ultimate Warriors. Was it difficult transition, transition, transitioning, I can't talk tonight, <laughs> um, from that kind of music to this kind of music? Uh, yes, uh, because for about, fif- for about 15 years of my life, I was competing with amps uh, to be louder or as loud as the guitars. And... Um, then to be put in the Slingshot Dakota where um, what I consider the first album to be with Carly, Jeff, and Pat is like adult contemporary indie rock. <laughs> there's like, it's very quiet and there's a lot of like transitions. Uh, we are a career band. Yeah, you guys were a career <laughs> band. So you need a lot of, you know, quiet into louder <laughs> stuff. And I remember the first show that I played, I just... There's a picture of me playing, and I have the most brutal face. Like, my face is beat red. There's a really good picture, because like, me, yeah, me and Jeff are playing, and we just look really, like we're almost bored, maybe. And then Tom's in the background, and he has the most insane face ever. And I'm it like didn't wearing, make sense I'm like at all. I'm like wearing, like, a hardcore <laughs> shirt and camo cutoffs. And it's, yeah. 
There's actually a question about that sort of about your oh, faces right. later on in the, the fan section. <laughs> so yeah, it was really tough, and uh, but I liked it. I wanted to be in a non-hardcore band, so that Slingshot Dakota allowed me to do that. Yeah. So you guys are kind enough to grace us with new songs tonight, which yeah. is a treat. Uh, so is the whole album, new album, completely written, or how's yes. that coming along? Finally. It took us three years and um, a lot of hurdles. I think I, I was living in Brooklyn up until recently, and I think the practice space situation there is pretty dire and expensive. So um, the the first album, or the demos that we did, I guess the Golden Ghost and all the other demos were written... In my old apartment in Brooklyn where, you know, I paid rent, so I didn't have to worry about paying additional practice space fees. But um, when I moved out of there, it just became really hard to find a place uh, in terms of time that we could practice in and in terms of money. And so I think the album definitely took, uh, it kind of got put up on a shelf for a little bit because it's really hard to fit your creativity into a Sunday between three and six only once a week. And um, we would only see each other in the weekends since Tom would drive to New York and also, to be fair, when we released The Golden Ghost, we basically went on tour for two years. Yeah, we toured a lot. And at the end of the two years, someone came up to me at a show, and they're like, yo, uh, when's the next record coming out? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I have no idea. The uh, Golden Ghost just came out. And they're like, oh, you put that out two years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, I did. I yeah. just totally, we were just having so much fun going on tour, and... I was like, we weren't getting bored of anything. And then when it came time to sit down and write, it was like it was hard. Our brains were just blank. Yeah, we were writing such crap. It was just like, or we were writing things that we liked. We were just having a really hard time picking like the ones that we were really proud of and the ones that represented uh, our old stuff and also what we are going through now. And I think, like I said before, that the first record we put out uh, is is really positive. I think and. It was awesome. We were the first. It, we were we had first become a two piece. So I think we were just trying to prove like we could do this. And there was a huge sense of urgency on that record, um, which is why I love it. And you know I'm really proud of that record. But since then, like we've proven that we could be a piece. You know we could be a band as a two piece. And um, so now I think like the challenge was writing a record that you know not only represented our other record, but also writing the songs that we really wanted to write that weren't just like. You know, we can play, we can still play DIY shows and, and punk shows and still be part of the community that we grew up in without having, like, that exact sound. And I think, like, that tour was kind of us trying to prove to people that, like, you see a keyboard come out and, like, it's not going to, you know, it doesn't just have to be, like, really nice, pretty music. It could be really thrashy or punk or, you know, you could put a lot of distortion on it. So I think now that that's been, you know, like, that cat's out of the bag... Now the new record is finally done. But, yeah, all the songs are completely written. We're just tightening them up, as you might hear tonight. Nice. Well, that kind of leads to our next question. Um, you have a Kickstarter page. Do you want to tell us about that? Tom, you go. Um, yeah. So uh, the way it came about was uh, we, had, we, we had a van, a touring van, and that died. And then, on a whim, I went out and bought another van, a, a minivan. And basically, I took all my savings. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay a lot of interest. I'm just going to pay it off. And I dumped about $4,000 to pay off the van. 
and not too long ago, long after that, it just completely like. Took you had a paid dump. off the entire van, which in total was like eleven thousand dollars, or right? Something. And it t- well with van payments, and then with yeah, and then it just took a dump on us, and it couldn't be saved, and um, so all my money was gone, and Carly spent all her money on the record, the Golden Ghost record, and you know she's got bills to pay on it, so. We're like, crap, we gotta, we gotta get a touring van if we want to continue doing this. And on top of that, now we're ready to record a record. We have no money. We yeah. spent all of our money. It was just two unfortunate things at the same time because yeah. if we needed money for a record, we could just go on tour, but we had no van to go on tour with. So it's like everything that we wanted to do that would remedy the situation and just help us make that money back, we couldn't do. And like even like when you want to play shows, you know... I just got my parents' Honda Accord, but even before that, like, I had nothing, and, you know, we ha- we just couldn't get around at all. We were renting vans and just spending so much money on renting vans. Right. Um, and so, you know, I know there's a lot of backlash sometimes with Kickstarters, and, you know, I feel like we're a band that's worked really hard, and we have a lot of supportive friends and fans, and I think it was just a way for us to just have a very, very, very glorified merch store and say, if you want to help out, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And if you just can help out by spreading the word or just telling us, like, you love us or you support what we're doing, that's really cool. And if we don't make our goal, we don't make our goal, we'll figure something out. But I think it was just a way for us to get people um, stuff in return. Like, you know, if they wanted to donate to us and help us with the van and the record, you know, they would get something back and not just, like, you know, a mention somewhere. We wanted to physically send really awesome gifts back sure. and, you know, very personalized. Like, that's just how we are, uh, you know as people and we just wanted to make something that like if you donate and show support um by pledging to us like you're gonna get back a lot mm-hmm. and it's kind of the way our kickstarter works too is that we're not even making very much off of it it's kind of like all the donations are really paying for what people are getting mm-hmm. so you know it's kind of just a way for us to just get that money to get that down payment out of the way and get the ro- you know record budget out and then everything else is pretty much going towards all the the gifts yeah i i don't know i personally feel a little defensive about it because we've gotten a little bit of backlash about it and like we're not asking people to pay off our van or pay for the recording full recording of our record we just need a little like a little boost and then we can handle the rest Mm -hmm. um and uh you know we we also want to kind of show off our friends talents like our friend greg who designed the vinyl artwork for the golden ghost you know we were like, we want you to just do every all of our art for us. Yeah. And like, so we want to support him. And then our our new friend, uh, Steph Bomb, is doing like a Golden Ghost toy, and she's an amazing artist. We and support Cali Burrito. Yeah. Cali if you win Burrito's a Cali Burrito date. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a way of like you know, asking for a little bit more for like. You get a T-shirt and you're just donating a little bit more yeah. on top of it. But it also comes down to, to a lot of people probably have the record from downloading. I think about the times where I definitely get banned stuff and I get it for free and then I see them on tour and I buy stuff so mm-hmm. I can support them. I know what happens and I'm I'm not against it. We go on tour. Yeah. You know, there's people who would have never known our songs, you know, if they didn't get it online for free. So I understand that. So I guess in a way, Kickstarter is too, like, you know, if you downloaded something for free or you got it from a friend and you actually really like what you're hearing, if you could support us, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. But... You know, we understand people's gripes with Kickstarter, but we also feel like, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a helpful way for us to just get things rolling. 
Definitely. So um, we'll get back to the music in just a second. I just want to mention we're doing a fan question and answer session at the end of our questions. We already have some. If you want more, you can still call the station and uh, add. we'll add them to the end of the thing. It's 610-799-4141, so you guys can play whenever. Yeah. Cool. Ask us really good questions. We like them. I'm also asking people to tweet their questions. Oh, uh, tweet. using the modern technology applications of the internet and cell I was wondering why you're on your phone. Yeah, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just <laughs> you're rude. Okay. How uh, rude? You ready? Snare drum off. The snare was off. Snare off. All right. Are you ready? For real? Oh, sorry. Yeah. You cool? Yeah. A little higher. Hello. Awesome. A little bit higher. Yeah. Good. Okay. Sorry, everybody. And we're back.
song uh, was written um, after our friend uh, Mitch died, and uh, it was kind of just a thing that at that at that time in our lives there were a lot of bad things happening all at once, and it was really hard to escape that, and it was really hard to just be like, oh, it, you know, there's a silver lining. We couldn't find it at all, and um, it was really, really, really tough time, and eventually in the springtime, uh, it kind of hit me that, you know, it was time to stop moping and time to, you know, try to find that silver lining, even though we couldn't find it, and um, that song was just written as a way for us to stop all the waiting and just try to find something to live for and try to find something that, you know, makes you happy and makes your family happy and just look for that. This next one is called Light. And uh, it's written for my sister and for my friend.
Very nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what happened? So we are back on 90.3 WXLV in Schnecksville. We're with Slingshot Dakota right now. Um, I just thought of a question off the top of my head. Does the oh. new record have a, a name yet? Yes, Dark Hearts, which we're sure will be called Dark Farts by ourselves many times. You heard it here first, Dark Hearts people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is it okay that I Yo, said it's it? It's an official announcement. Yeah, it's an official announcement. <laughs> Dark Hearts. So, um... <laughs> We're going to do a couple more <laughs> interview hey, questions. Hey, it's dark. Um, when was that? Sorry. Two weeks ago was the Decade of Dumb Decisions. Yes. And uh, you guys headlined the first night. And, um, yeah, it was, I just thought it was really neat. Um, I went to the Sunday show. Um, it was really neat just to see a lot of old bands, a lot of new bands. Um, but how was it for you guys reminiscing with the Valley's bands past, present, and future? It's crazy for me because I met Tom when I was on tour with my first band, Donna and Carly, or Carly and Donna, whatever name you want to start the band off with. And uh, we were on tour with a band called Wolves, and it was weird because me and Donna were like acoustic piano and guitar. And um, anyway, they took us on tour with them, and towards the end, we played Pittsburgh with Tom's band, who was on tour. It was a Robot Attack Hypatia tour. And we met that night. But I don't really remember meeting Tom that well, but there's photographic evidence that we were all hanging out because there's like a huge group photo. Um, so I kind of don't really think about it too often, but at the Decade of Dumb Decisions, it made me realize like I all the people that were there, I've known in a way. Like, you know how you're like, oh man, we were all at that same show when we were 12. Like we saw Real Big Fish or whatever band you saw, see when you're like, I don't know, younger or whatever age you are, you like a band. And then you reflect on it, and you're like, I was there, I was there, and you were there, and it's crazy. We have a picture of the moment we met, which is really strange, because I remember it, but I don't remember Tom so much. And so the Decade of Dumb Decisions was really cool, because it was like all of the bands that I've known for a really long time, and even if I didn't know them so well, like they've been in my life for a really long time. And uh, so that, that was crazy for me, but I'm sure even crazier for Tom, because he played in half those bands. I mean, it was great for me, because like, being in Robot Attack and like uh, being in a band ten year like it was ten years ago, it was it was very cool to relive the feeling when I was twenty two or twenty three. Yes, I'm I'm thirty three. So, uh, yeah, it was just great. It was great to just bring that feeling back, and it was also great to. I feel like being old people, we t we tell a lot of stories. It was so much better back then, or it was so much fun. You missed it, and it was great to get all those bands back together to show the younger, the younger punks of the Lehigh Valley. This is, or oh, the new people know. to the valley. This is what was happening ten years ago. Um, and it allowed us to tell stories to people. You know, yeah. this show happened in a basement. You know, we saw, we had Against Me come to our house during their first or second tour, and they played our basement to 20 people. Or Mastodon played in our basement, and there was 50 people there. And now they play on, was it Craig Kilborn or Conan they were just on? That was weird. So it, it was, it's just cool to, reminisce and I, I got to see some friends I haven't seen in 
at least seven years. And it was cool to see how, like, Chris has impacted the Lehigh Valley music scene, like, with all the records that he puts out. He, he keeps everyone in tune with what he grew up with, and that fest, like, exactly what Tom said, it kind of showed everyone, or, like, all the newer or younger kids new to the scene, like, this is what we had, you know, years ago. My favorite part was I was standing next to our friend Charlie's mom, and when Robot Attack, uh, Robot Attack played, and she was just like, oh, a long time ago, the, the ro- they would dress up as robots, and they would all dance, and they, they would mosh, and it was just so fun. And, I, you know, I just laughed, and then uh, all of a sudden, Robot Attacks had to play, and all the robots came out. Like, everyone made the robot costumes, and she just kept nudging me. She's like, see, see the robots! And she was really excited, and it was just like, not only is it exciting for us, but our friend who was in Robot Attack, his mom, was so psyched, and she remembered the robots, and she was even more stoked to see them again. Yeah. That was probably my highlight. It, it was such a good night. I mean, Robot Attack and Piss Jeans were my favorite by far, but Robot Attack, for me, I told you this time online, is really special to me, because the very first show I ever put on when I was a junior in high school I did a show at Emmaus High School in 2003, and you guys played Defiant Trespass, played a whole bunch of bands. I think there was like eight or nine bands. But um, that was my first exposure to the scene, pretty much. I did it for a grad project, and it was just awesome. It was really nostalgic just to see that all again. It was, yeah. It was like you guys never stopped playing, actually. It was, it just, yeah. went, it went too smoothly. It was weird practicing. We only had a 45-minute practice, and it was weird practicing, and everything just fell together um it was cool that show also was like one of our coolest shows because we met marion delgado from richmond i still have their cd it's amazing one they didn't get out as much as they should have people should know that band but anyway that through the it was just they it was one of those shows that was led to other things when we went on tour and then we met all the Richmond kids and stuff. It was very cool. So, yeah. So with all of your travels and all the places you've played, any particular venues that stand out? Ooh. For me, um, I, I don't know, I get really weird and emotional about it, but I remember being 15 years old and I went to, I used to go to this flea market with my mom and there was a guy there who had like a a punk and hardcore distro and I just I picked up uh, an underdog CD and then I picked up Green Day's um, one of Green Day's first records that and I just through Green Day I learned about Gilman Street and then growing up I made a list I remember making a list of all the venues I wanted to play and that was the last one for me to scratch off my list. And when we went on tour, we went out there and we got to play. And I was like crying the whole time I was playing. And in between songs, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually here. I like, it's weird because I'm like almost crying now. I know. Because <laughs> it. it was just okay. like very, Let it, out. it was like the coolest feeling in my life. Like. I felt like a rock star just being like, just playing there. Because, you know, bands that I loved growing up, like Green Day and Rancid, and then like even later, uh, some of my favorite hardcore bands, like Yafakota, one of my favorite all-time hardcore bands, like they played there all the time. And like, it was just mind-blowing. 
And then afterwards, um, they take a member from each band into the back office. And everything's like a really collectively run and very openly run thing. And they're like, listen, this is how much each band's going to get paid. Um, Sunshine Dakota's on tour from the East Coast. Would any of the bands tonight like to give your money or part of your money to them? And like every band, except one, Hot Toddies, uh, <laughs> they gave her money to us, and I was just like, this is crazy. Like, thank you. And like, like I'm almost crying. Like, they're giving me the money, and I'm almost crying. And then, like, what pushed me farther was like that the woman uh, who was uh, running the show, she's like, the security was so blown away about how stoked you guys were, and they gave us their money for the night. And I was like, that's cr they don't have to do that. She's like, they want to. And like, she's like, there hasn't been a band that played here in a long time that has been this stoked to play. And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I'm like 30 years old. I've known about this place for 15 years, and just this has been the last thing on my list. Like, I don't care about anything else and that was just cool that was the coolest experience i think i don't know about carly but i can't think of, i they're all so good uh, they've all been really amazing i know we always have a lot of fun in vermont with our friends but i don't i can't your story was so good that mine would just be like i had fun at this place <laughs> yeah our we play at this place called the monkey bar in burlington vermont Winooski. or winooski vermont place is awesome every time we go we hate playing bars. Every time we go, it is the best experience. We just played there with the Queers, which was weird, because uh, I never thought another band that I yeah, would listen to when I was 15 years yeah. old, like, and they were really with the nice. Queers. That was crazy. Um, and it's a bar that people go for the music and to hear new bands, and you just don't experience that too often, you know. They also are cool and let us play, open the bar up as an all-ages venue for the night. They don't mm -hmm. usually let uh, shows go that way, but um, that's cool. So, Yeah, I'd say monkey bar. Yeah. For now. So, Carly, this question, I guess, is for you. Who are the Keystone Kids and why should we listen to them? Oh, the Keystone Kids. Uh, I don't know why no. you haven't heard of them. They yeah, one we're of already the most famous. famous um, <laughs> we already have sold over a million shirts and CDs that don't exist yet. Uh, the Keystone is me, uh, Carly Commando, and the beautiful Ryan O'Donnell. And Tom also plays drums on a bunch of stuff when the garage band drums aren't playing. Um, and we are a band that strives to do amazing cover songs of your favorite songs and write very uh, listenable music that we hope just to, you know, do a lot of licensing with. It's kind of the alter ego to Slingshot Dakota, where Slingshot Dakota is my baby and my, like, my everything. It's my heart, and I would kind of never, ever, well, I don't know. I mean, it's weird when it's a band that you really care about and you think about, like, making money off it. It's like... If we could do this and like make money, like that would be cool. But I feel like there would be a lot of compromising to go with that. So this is kind of a band I never think about that with. But with the Keystone Kids, our our kind of goal is to a make awesome music that's really really catchy, and then b also um, make that the quote career band that Slingshot Dakota was going to be in college. It's more of just like a band, like a career band, because um, you know we both have jobs, we have part time jobs, and um, 
you know, mine's been really amazing, and Ryan's is amazing, uh, and I'm sure Tom's is also amazing. But I think gets to a point where I'm like, I should be doing this with my life, like every day. And Slingshot's not a band I would want to do that with. I wouldn't want to treat it like my business. And with the Keystone Kids, it's kind of what we're doing. But um, the way if we're the, awesome, the way I see it, Keystone Kids is Ryan and Carly are so insanely talented, like they can just say, oh, let's play this de Death Cab song, and they'll just play it without even practicing. They'll just play it and pull it off like they've been playing it together for years. We did, we did a Sweet Wedding we Singer rendition before. And, um, How good was it? It was awesome. And I, I feel like if you're good at something, like you should be able to make money doing what you love and like what you're really good at. And they're really, really good at writing. They can write pop songs like nothing like there's no effort so i remember being a kid and watching regis and kathy lee and there was a kid playing piano like a song he made and i remember looking at my mom be like i do that all the time why how come i'm not there and then regis was at a hallmark store in the mall and i brought my piano to play for him and uh i was so starstruck that i just stared at him and i guess like i had a photo for him to sign and he just looked at me and he goes do you have a name and I got really scared. I was gonna play Wigwam for him, which isn't even like an impressive song, and I, I didn't want a signature anymore. And I don't know, I was scared. But the whole point of that story is I, it's to this day, the, to this day, I always see people doing things that I want to be doing, or like you know bands that exist that are going on tour a lot, or just like you know doing composing for film or anything that I can try. Like I know I have that in me, and I just, it's just all about working and playing as much music as you can so the keystone kids is kind of just like a way for us to set goals and challenges for each other and just like keep pushing ourselves and just you know hope for the best but you know we're already famous so it's, it's working out all right so besides the keystone kids are there any bands in the area that you think should get more attention than they do and that you'd like to point out all crap no, <laughs> well, we always say Tiger's Jaw, but they're they're doing very well for themselves. Um, but still, listen to Tiger's Jaw. They're so. Anytime I get a question, I feel like I get nervous. Uh, There's a new band, uh, Ryan. Yeah, band. Laugh It Off, which is Ryan O'Donnell's other hit band. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Nacho Mango, so it's Yo Mango, but not. So it's Nacho Mango. It's amazing music. Um, what other bands? Tycho Brahe. Tycho Brahe. Yeah. Yes, they're really good. They're good. Uh, I sing the Equator. I sing the Equator. Yeah. Then Jessa. Then Jessa Sweet. Uh, an all-girl two-piece. Who are Three amazing. Three-piece. Three-piece. They're three-piece now. Yes. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> but they're still good. <laughs> um, Tile. They're playing show tonight. And I think Ray submitted a bunch of questions. Ray but submitted like three questions. Yeah. Oh, Ray. <laughs> Tile's awesome. Even though Tile Mike, I smile at him and say hi, and he didn't say hi to me. He's, gonna, He's giving you tough love. He doesn't love me. There's a lot of bands that, that you listen to uh, that they're not local, that you really like. Our friends in the band Now Now are amazing. Uh, there's a band called Mansions. Um, uh, it was really good. You're just talking about local bands, though, right? Oh, okay. Whatever. I'm just missing everyone. I Iron Sheik's from Long Island, and up until a couple months ago, that was local for me, so I'm going to rep Iron Sheik because I yeah. love them, and they're really, 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 really good. Well, real quick, 
one of the questions that I had later on on here was, um, what have you been listening to? Like, if you have to name one record, each oh, of you, it's just really good right now. So I'll throw that in now. I definitely listen to a lot of Iron Sheik. I, I do the thing where uh, Tom will give me a lot of new music to listen to, and I just don't listen to it because I get overwhelmed, and I just pick like my favorite album that's not even new, and I just listen to it over and over again. I would have to say it would be Iron Sheik um, as of late. And then I've been listening to the Keystone Kids so I can practice. <laughs> <laughs> but, Tom? I hate that you said just one. Oh, just one? No, I'm oh. just saying, like, you just gave us one record or one band. Well, what's hot right now for you? What's hot? <laughs> what's hot right now? What's hot? Uh, I love our friends Now Now. They're awesome. And they just recorded a new record, which is coming out soon on No Sleep. And... I don't know, I just feel like they're just gonna go crazy, blow up. Like, it's, yeah. they're so good. And, obvi- and Sprainerd also, who are obviously very good. Sprainerd, yeah. Those nerds. I hear, every time I'm at work, uh, I hear the record eight times in a row. Because our, our coworkers just abuse the hell out of that record. <laughs> it's just crazy. Yeah, Sprainerd. Uh, another one that's really good that's uh, n- not newer, but not as well known as. There's a guy who plays under the name Mansions, who is phenomenal, great indie rock. Um, yeah. The new Britney singles are also really good. I just got <laughs> a car, and she so I've been doing that. a lot of driving. <laughs> and so my guilty pleasure is always radio uh, pop hits. So um, I would say the new Britney songs I really like. <laughs> be honest. So Tom. <laughs> Obviously, well, you both are obviously passionate about certain causes. I mean, when I see you live, um, and you were mentioning about doing a PSA, so here's your chance. Do you have a PSA L- for us? And it's a good lead-in, too, for the next song. Yeah, yeah. this is my last question for our section, so go oh, right man. ahead. It's hard to talk about it and sound like I'm not, I'm judging people, but it's something I'm super passionate about. I uh, think that people uh, sh- should quit smoking or should not start smoking. Um, I smoked for a number of years and uh, I'm super happy that I quit. Uh, I f- think it's ridiculous that uh, people, <clears throat> even myself at a time in my life, was giving money to a large corporation and getting nothing in return. Uh, it, it, it's crazy to think about like, you're doing something that's harming your body and you're getting nothing from it. Like, you're getting no no good thing in return. And, um, but instead you're giving money to a large corporation who has no goal other than to basically serve up death. And um, I feel like a lot better things could be done with your money and your time and in return without smoking you can preserve your life and do something really positive um, with your healthy body instead of you know making yourself sick Uh, and yeah I, I urge people who like are stoked on smoking to read more about where your money goes because what a lot of people don't think about is when mon- when cigarette prices are raised, 
a lot of that is just taxes that are going towards the government and then that money is being used for you know ridiculous things like a lot of the Iraq war was funded through you know tax taxes like cigarette taxes and stuff so you know you're not only killing yourself but you're killing other people by supporting taxes that go towards war and things like that and you're like making rich people super rich you're just dying you're dying inside that's that that's good Tom P. I'll have more PSAs later. Yeah, I'll have more. Um, all I know is that when I was young, my mom smoked, and she thought if she smoked over the vent by the, the stove, <laughs> that it would, like, go outside. But she didn't realize that it went right into my room through the radiator. And at one point, I was like, Mom, uh, can you go outside? Because it, it comes in through my room. And the moment I said that, she quit. So... I feel like, too, if, you know, you have, like, a parent or or just a friend, like, just tell them it bothers you, you know, bothers you, and maybe that will be enough, because from my mom, that's all she needed, and it's really powerful for her to tell me that story, because it's just, like, I was a little kid just being like, mom. The so. turning point for me was I was smoking, I was sitting on my stoop, and I had a coughing fit, and I had my hand over my mouth, and I coughed. And something came to my hand, and when I opened it up, there was, like, this super dark brown chunk in my hand. And I'm like, that is the grossest thing in the world. And I was like, i got to stop this. So, that there you go. There's a picture for you, a little mental picture. Gross chunk. Brown chunk comes out of your mouth. And uh, we never played this song live, but... No, we did. We did in Philly. Oh, we did? It's still new, though, so forgive us if there's any <laughs> What? Yeah.
written while pig sitting uh, at a friend's house is not about the pig though the pig was awesome um, it was uh, I, we originally wrote the here's a little behind the stories that I wrote these lyrics because we every time we would practice it we would never get it right so I just started making up lyrics yeah Tom wasn't getting it right <laughs> in other words and uh, you know sometimes like I have lyrics planned out sometimes I don't or sometimes I just make them up about uh, maybe what's in a room or what's happening or whatever. So um, I eventually turned the lyrics, we're never going to get this right, um, into to a subject matter about something else besides Tom not getting the drum beat right. There it is. <laughs>
now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. We have time for some fan of questions course. real quick? All right. Now listening to 91.3, the heart of the Lehigh Valley, WXLV, Allentown, Lehigh Community College. 90.3. 90. 90.3. Oh. What did I say? 91. 91.3 is Lehigh University. Sorry, guys. No problem. They pale in comparison to LCC. <laughs> you can't hold a candle to El Tri-Seed Lehigh University. I'm sorry. So, we're going to start with some questions from uh, Mr. Ray Gers of Tile yeah, slash Bad American slash Double Decker Records. Um... <laughs> Ray wants to know, I'll just read the text. Ask the band how they came up with the name Slingshot Dakota. Was it a ran random combination of names? Did Tom want to move to one of the Dakotas? I never knew. Tom has the answer for you. Um, it, I think it's hard for Carly to talk about it. Um, I don't know how far back it goes, but when Carly's grandfather came over to the United States from Italy, he was one of the, uh, the people who moved to the West to find gold. Um, on the way over there, he kind of uh, was seeing the grand... Uh, gold rush. Oh. ...and uh, magnificence of the, United, the future United States and kind of took upon himself like this uh, lawman attitude where he was going to uphold some sort of mo a moral high ground. Uh, he was like a pretty religious guy. And, um, you know, uh, the term Wild West means that it's, it was very wild. <laughs> and since he was such a religious guy, he didn't believe in guns. And his choice of uh, weapon was a slingshot. So uh, over time, he you know he became like this notorious lawman, and uh, the way he got his 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 men uh, was by a slingshot. So he got nicknamed Yale Slingshot <laughs> Dakota. And, there you uh, go. Yeah, he, his his nickname was Dakota. He had a nickname of Dakota, and then. He Slingshot Dakota, Yale. Yale Slingshot Dakota. We just took out the Yale. So uh, I think, you know, this was before I was in the band. You know, they just decided to honor his his memory and Family keep history. it alive um, by naming the band Slingshot Dakota. Plus it sounded cool. Like Yale Slingshot, slingshot Dakota. Dakota. Also, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, you know, you guys dropped the Yale. That's that. There you go. Nice. Yeah, yeah, we know. Things we learn. Things we learn. Um, so, Tom, we know you're a screen printer at heart. This comes from Ray as well. Um, tell us about Running Bird Apartment. Uh, well, <laughs> I went to school. Uh, I went to art school and got a degree in printmaking. And there's not a lot of money in fine art. And so I decided to go the commercial route. And I really liked printing shirts and posters for my friends' bands. I was like, oh, why don't I just make a living off of it? And through going on tour, a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say a lot of my friends, but a good handful of my friends have screen printing studios and they do quite well with it. 
and Carly was always pushing me, why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? You can do that. You can do that. And, uh, you know, um, through Carly's backing, and you know, I decided, why not? And so I started a screen printing studio, but the screen printing industry is very damaging to the environment through, you know, the, some of the cleanup and the inks. Um, it's heavily based in solvents. Uh, the inks are solvent-based, and the cleaning products are solvent-based. So, I through research, I found some really good water-based inks, and I decided, you know, that my thing was to be a, uh, an eco-friendly screen printing studio, and to try and have a go at that. And it's working out pretty good. Uh, I'm just. This year was basically my first official year trying to do it full time. So if you need shirts or koozies or album work or anything printed, go to B-I-R-D-A-P-T-D-O-T-COM. That's my Bird. jingle. Carly wrote it. Bird Bird printing. Like com. The Keystone Kids. Does that website do. exist? Do you have yes. it? Yep. There you go. There you nice. go. So Carly, <laughs> this also comes from Ray. What's it like being to engage such a badass drummer? Tom is an animal, and the faces he used to make during a stint in the Ultimate Warriors are priceless. Yeah. Well, I also noticed during Robot Attack, he, like, would propel himself against his drums. Like, he would, like, do, like, a weird slingshot move in a way. Like, he would push himself off his drums and, like, land into a wall and half the time, like, fall off, which I don't know is part of the whole thing, but I don't know. He's, he's crazy. Sometimes we have practice. When I had glasses, I would take my glasses off when we played. Um, and I wouldn't see the faces he made half the time. And so I eventually started keeping my glasses on, and now I have LASIK. So if we're especially writing a new song, I'm trying to figure out lyrics, and I see his face, sometimes I can't, I can't concentrate because his faces are so good. But as I recently learned in a zine that Tom explained his faces, uh, when he was taking drum lessons, I think... Uh, he was inspired by his teacher who made weird faces. And I think Tom learned that, you know, you can kind of express yourself more through your instrument by, one, like, not taking yourself overly seriously, but putting a lot of passion into everything and not just, like, being like, oh, I can play this really well, but putting your all into it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's where his faces came from. But I love those faces. Because even if I feel like I played a bad set or I'm, like, I'm, you know, I'm sad or even if I'm overly happy or whatever, people always definitely just notice Tom's crazy face so it's nice takes takes some of the pressure off me yeah i was like 13 13 years old taking lessons with this guy and sometimes you would do these like funky drum parts and you'd make the weirdest the weirdest faces and i i just one day i was like i i have to ask why are you doing that and he's like you just got to do whatever it takes to get it out like get that part you know and um I, it helped it helped a lot and then, when I was in my first band, we played with with this. Uh, oh gosh, his, his first name's Forrest, and he's a professional ice skater. It's so weird, but true. He was in the ice capades, and uh, I was like, "You're such an awesome drummer." And he he's like, "If I could give one piece of advice to you, it would be to play. Every time you sit down on the drums." play like it's your very last time because you might never get to play drums again you might never ever and i don't know that i've just carried that with me and 
it's great. I I love playing drums so much, and Carly and I love playing. Ever like, it's our world. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're just so stoked to play whenever possible. Yeah, so. and then it's stoked to be engaged to someone who you're in a band with because it's like your two loves meet. And I know it's kind of. I remember having a teacher be like, "Oh, if you're a tennis." instructor and your wife is a tennis instructor that's bad i don't even know why he was telling this to us in fifth grade i guess he was going through something but uh sometimes i think about like people being the same business and how it's good or i mean i hate to call this business but like the same field um like two actors dating or whatever sometimes it works and sometimes it's too strong of like a bond and with me and tom i think that we have other things going on in our lives but since we were a band before a couple i think we kind of have everything figured out in a way um and it's good because we really get each other because we're both in artistic fields that have really, really low success rates. And, like, we understand each other's bad days. And we understand each other's good days. And we just keep trying to motivate each other. And um, it's just, especially going on tour, it's like we get to spend every day traveling and playing music. And it's just the, our passion is music. And then we have each other, obviously, as well. They're equal passions. And it's just really awesome. That's what That goes back to what I said earlier tonight when we started i mean it just really shows when you're in the room it's just you guys have an energy that's awesome so um this comes from chris collins on the facebook have you guys ever uh used a slingshot in dakota nope not yet haven't we haven't our friend dakota took a picture of himself with a slingshot that okay and then that's it we haven't done anything all right, so this one is from Ryan Zolmek, I think that's how you say it. As I failed to make a green smoothie and Tom has God-given talents in this department, I was curious, what are the secrets to making smoothie success? Don't let me drink it. That's the secret. What a lot of people don't know is drinking a green smoothie is like drinking a bolt of lightning. It gives you the most energy and it feels great and the secret is first if you're gonna have a green smoothie I'd say you add a little water and then start with your green first whether it be spinach or kale I recommend those two kale's great Uh, you have to blend the kale for a while uh, to break it down in the blender then you add your fruit and what I recommend adding is a green apple and uh, you can add banana to it uh, I, I recommend adding frozen banana and and a kiwi. Uh, kiwis are great. And you can leave the skin on a kiwi because that's very good and there's a lot of nutrients in it. And basically the key is to blend it for a while so that it breaks down. And you're not just chewing your smoothie, which I like doing. Tom chews it. He looks like a whale, like the whale that's letting in the brine. Like he like strains it in his teeth and then all of a sudden I'm like, how is it? And I just see him chewing. It... It's hard for me to believe him that he likes it. It's, he says he likes it. It sounds like gross putting kale in a smoothie, but you don't taste it. And I don't care what anyone says. Carly thinks it's disgusting, but you you, you don't, really you don't taste, taste it. it. You taste the fruit. I don't like the texture. But it's great. So that's the secret. Kale first, blend it for a long time. Nice. There you go. <laughs> Carly, I have a, I have a question for you. Totally yes. music unrelated. Your tattoo of the, the dog? Yes. Mr. Noodle. Yes, please explain. Mr. Noodle. Oh, I love him. He is 15. He has been in the Commando family for 15 years, and uh, he just had his birthday. He's a Jack Russell Terrier whose ears are always up. 
Um, and he, uh, since an early age, was having seizures. So the medicine that he's on has rotted his teeth. Um, so he had a lot of teeth pulled, which is, explains the rotten tooth on the bottom. Uh, he has many nicknames. What, the, the main one is Mr. Noodle. Uh, yeah, he's, he's still kicking it. He's senile, which means he's either sleeping, and when he's awake, he doesn't really know what's going on. So he runs like a puppy and uh, has a great time. So he's still around. I just saw him this week. You know, he, he's starting to show his age, but he's, he's the best. He's I think that's the best awesome. dog ever. Thank I'll you. tell you about Mr. Tuck later. Yes. So um, if, I don't know how we're doing on time. Yeah, how are we doing on time? It's 11.30. Okay. 11.30? Like 10 more minutes. All right. So you want to do... You guys uh, can just finish by playing, I guess. Yeah. Tommy could do Good Ear and then do Living Dreaming. You want to do that? Yes. That good? Someone asked us... Oh, Casey asked us, can you guys write a song called Brown Chunk? Yeah. (laughs) This next song is called Brown Chunk. Brown Chunk. When you're smoking and you cough Look in your hand, there might be something in it When you smoke and you cough in your hand There might be a brown chunk Thank you. Uh, Goodyear? Or do you want to end with Goodyear? What? Okay. There's two songs on the album that we play. Um, I play guitar on, but I didn't bring my guitar today. So we're going to play this on piano.
Jordan's gonna make an appearance at some point. So, which, which, what do we want to do? If they're, if they're fast, yeah. All right, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do. Um, Living dreaming because that's fast, and then maybe a surprise.
Thank you. Thanks for listening to our new stuff. Um, we have a surprise guest in here tonight uh, to celebrate the weekend. His name is Montel Jordan, and uh, he's really special. You're welcome. It's I felt it. You, came you, you guys in Slingshot to go, you're just great. And Thank I've been you. saying that since 95 when I came out with that record. And Thanks, I just, I love the program. I just wanted to say that. 90.3, you guys here, just phenomenal. You should play more of my stuff. But other than that, you're great. So thank you very much. I have to go because it's Friday and I have to party. You have to tip your 40. Tip your 40, Montel. Say Montel. Everyone tip your 40s to Montel and South Central. Oh, thanks. That's what he represents. <laughs> what is that? Thank you, Montel. Thanks, Thank Montel. Thank you, Dakota. Drive safe. Thank you, uh, Vince and Jared, for doing the engineering. Thank, Thank you, Vince JJ, and Jared. for doing a six. <laughs> Thank you to JJ for doing a six-hour shift tonight on the radio to cover Yay! me. So. So I can hang out with him and thank Aww. you to family and friends who showed up yes. and uh, yeah that's a wrap thank you very much guys it was thanks an honor to us. kind of premiere the new record on our show so thanks. that's just I'm thank super excited you. for when it comes out so yay yo keep college radio alive <laughs> that's it have a good night guys bye thank you for listening So that was it. That is our archived session of Slingshot Dakota from August of 2011. I want to thank Tom and Carly again for doing that and uh, for the friendship over the years that we've developed because of doing this show. Um, again, very kind people. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed bringing that to you guys. So keep an eye out. We'll be doing the David Bazan episode shortly. And then we also, as usual, will end this episode with the track from Emily and my band, The Bedroom Invaders. We released a record on Halloween last year called Lights on the Horizon, Lead Me Home. And uh, you can find it by going to thebedroominvaders.bandcamp.com. We have three copies left, physical copies, of the album on there. I'm very happy that we are almost sold out, which is always a good feeling. Um, but there's obviously, you can download the records on there too for digital purposes or stream them. Um, again, we're called The Bedroom Invaders. The records, Lights on the Rise and Leave Me Home. We can be found by going to thebedroominvaders.bandcamp.com. And uh, here's a track off of that record. Don't forget to follow the show on social media. It's at Pirate Radio After Dark on Instagram. Facebook is facebook.com slash Pirate Radio After Dark. And our band is at The Bedroom Invaders on Instagram. Thank you and have a great day. Hello? 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 Hello?